Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name. You are so good. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There has been times in my life that all I can do is whisper the name of Jesus. And there was a peace that came that surpasses understanding and a peace that I have, that you tap into when you just say the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It is good to be in church tonight. Um, I will be teaching tonight, obviously. I got a page and a half of notes. So Bishop Truppy kind of started a theme, I think. And uh, so I shouldn't be too long tonight. We're going to turn to Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. You know, what we have when we come here and we worship together and we feel the power of God, that's something very special. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that are looking for what we have and what we've experienced in life. Um, and it does come with the cost. Jesus went to the cross for us, but we got to make up our minds that we want to live for him also. And I'm a firm believer. A lot of times in life, God does what we do. I, was, uh, I had a meeting the other day, and I was talking to a gal, and she's... Uh, she was in charge of the youth in the Sunday school department in, the, in their church. And we were talking about church and, and talking about the young people. And, and she made a statement that kind of opened my eyes. And she, and she said, you know, it's good to have a lot of different churches in, in Bismarck because there's a lot of different varieties so people can pick and choose what they want. And um, I don't agree with that. I didn't voice my opinion, but I was thinking about that a little bit and how... We don't come to God and get it. It's not a tailor-made religion. You know, we don't just come to the church. We don't come to God and say, you know, I want, I want to apply this to my life, but I don't want to apply this to my life. You know, and, and, and that's what's wrong is, and that's why it doesn't work a lot of time for people because they're, we're, they're not sold out. But when you sell out yourself to Jesus and you give up everything and you give it to God, there's something very special about that. And there is no plan B. There's just plan A, and that is God. And, and when you have a made-up mind saying, no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to keep serving God. And even when it's preached hard, I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. And I love hard preaching. That preaching on Sunday, I, was, I wanted more. And I don't want people to patty cake around and, and, and tell me what I want to hear. I want people to tell me what I need to hear. Amen. I want, I'm glad we have a man of God that does that. I'm glad we have a bishop that does that because that's what I need. I don't need someone to tell me, yeah, you know what? You can do what you want to do and you'll still be okay because that does nothing for me. Amen. Uh, Mark eleven twenty three, it says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, somebody say mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass, he shall have whatever whatsoever he saith. And you may be seated. And uh, I'm going to use this scripture in a little bit different um, 
aspect that we're kind of used to. But we do know that there's something about standing up when you see trials and you have uh, hardship in your life. You know, there's something about that, having that faith and having that boldness in God when you're facing adversities and when you're facing things in life. In this scripture, I know we've heard a lot of this. And, and if you say unto this mountain, be thou removed, we know it's going to be removed and we know it's going to be cast in the sea. Um, but it's not always that easy, is it? It's not always that easy. And, and here's the thing is, is when you say it, you got to believe it also. You got to believe it. And, and what I found in my life and in my ministry, um, there's things that, and I don't know who would mention this, if it was Brother Pete or what, but he mentioned um, the other day somebody said, you know, there's things that God just delivers you from instantly. Maybe it was my wife that said it. And there's other things that you have to work towards that. And those things that you have to work towards, that's hard. You know, that, that takes time and it takes endurance and it, and, it, and it takes patience and prayer. Those little things that you have to work on every single day. And, and God delivered me from a lot of things in life. But there are some things that he didn't instantly deliver me from. And I think it's a good thing, though. I had to work on it and I still am working on it. Um, but those, there's those times in life where we do face things. We face mountains. And, and it's that faith that we, we have to build up like a mustard seed, and we come against it. And, and even though that it's hard and we don't see the end, we got to stand firm on the promises of God. we got to stand on the word of God and know that his promises will come to pass. And, and like I said, that is a lot easier being said than done sometimes, especially when you're going through something. And it seems like it just never ends. It seems like you just, you, you just about whipped it, you just about got it, and then pretty soon you're like, oh, I guess I didn't. And when we all have that one thing in life that um, is, is, is kind of our struggle, is kind of the thing that we continue to work on. And um, I think it's good to keep on pursuing and keep on getting closer to God. Um, but there are times in my life where I needed mountains to be moved. And like we sang that song, Jesus, and he's the anointed one. And, and I know there was times in my life where I had a situation, and, and it, was, it had to do with me and my sister. She lost her husband in a traumatic car accident, and, and there was no words I can come up with. You know, I, I couldn't, and I would wake up, and I would feel the, the hurt and her burden, and all I can do is say, Jesus. You know, and it's like you know, all the training we go through and all the studying we do and all the praying we do, and, and in that situation, it was, I'm like, where is this training coming? You know, where is it supposed to be at? And, and you know what? Jesus was the answer. Jesus was the answer, and, and it helped, and prayer helped also. But a mountain in our life, like I said, I'm going to kind of do this at a different angle, but mountains are obstacles that we see in our life that are unmovable. And the thing about a mountain or whatever you're going to go through, a desert or whatever you want to call it, um, it's a different terrain. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that we're familiar with. It's a different uh, territory and terrain that we're currently walking on. And sometimes that can be scary because we do not know what's going to be coming up next. We do not know what's in the future. And God uh, positions us perfectly in these um, God moments. And he builds our faith up and he helps us to get through these things. Uh, but a lot of times in life we tend to think of, even this scripture, mountains. And in this specific uh, scripture, it is talking about a mountain and having faith. But I believe there is God-given mountains in our life also that we face. And uh, they're not always bad to be in our life. 
Those mountains that God puts in our life, the God-given ones at least, they're not always bad. And we all experience these, these mountains in life. Um, but these types, those types of obstacles takes us to unknown territory, which we have never been before. And it takes us to trust in the Lord to get there. Right? And that's hard sometimes. When, when you trust in something sometimes you don't see. Or you're, you're, God's calling you into a deeper realm. And, 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 and I, I experienced this um, before is when you start getting a really good prayer life and you're consistent with it. And then it seems like God's requiring more consecration, more faithfulness for you. And, and that's something our flesh does not like. So it's something, you know, and then that tends to be the times where you see things in you that you've never seen before. And, and the flesh fights that because you're entering new territory. And, and during that process, God just might put a God mountain in your path for you to climb. But it was never meant for you to destroy you, but it was meant to help you to grow. And like I said, we all, if you've not experienced this yet in your life, you will experience this. Um, but there are going to be uncomfortable situations. Um, but what I thought about today as I was studying this, and, and when we go through those times, you know, it could be because God just trusts you. You know, God will bring you through it. If he brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. And you think about that. You think about going through things and some of the things, you might be going through something right now. I don't know. But you might have went something, through something in the past. But God knew that if you put him first, you were going to make it through that. And you were going to come out stronger. You think about Joseph and you think about his life and you think about uh, those, those, mountains, those mountains that were in his life. And, and he would go and it seems like he would get one foot in front of the other. And then pretty soon he'd be going backwards again and going backwards again. But Joseph had a unique um, perspective of life. And he's seen this and I believe God knew that. In James 1 verse 2 it says, my brethren count it all joy. Somebody say joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't really call it joy. I don't think about it joy when I'm going through something that's hard. But if I look at it at the mindset as, okay, God's trusting me and he knows I can get through this and he knows that I, it's going to strengthen me and it's, and it's benefiting me spiritually to go through this. That word temptations there. In the Greek, it means a putting to proof by experiment of good, experiment of evil, uh, discipline or provocation by implication of adversity. Adversity, excuse me. So it's a good thing when we go through these things in life. It's something we don't like, but it, it's a good thing to go through that because that's really, it, it shows us what fruit we're producing in life, right? And we want to produce good fruit. And sometimes that God has to prune of that old rotten fruit that we kind of cling to and hold on to. And I know I've had rotten fruit in my life that God's had to prune out of me. And it's not a fun process. But what, to count it all joy, it says, it count it all joy when you go through these, when these, t these temptations. Why? Because it's going to strengthen you. It's going to help you to grow. But sometimes God will put things in our life not to hurt us and not because he doesn't trust us, but it will help us to grow and mature spiritually. 
And it is very imperative, I believe, that when we're going through something that is not very pleasant in life, that doesn't feel good, that we don't see the end, and it feels like we keep doing the same thing over again, that we have to ask ourselves some questions. Is How can I allow this situation to draw me closer to God? When I'm going through something, it has to go beyond like me. And I have to be kingdom-minded. When we have to be kingdom-minded when we go through things. Like, what is God trying to teach me out of this? What is God trying to show me through this? How can I draw closer to God going through this situation in my life? If we're not careful, what happens is sometimes we pull away from God. And it's like the opposite effect. But if we ask ourselves when we go through these things, it's okay, during this situation, instead of pulling away, instead of isolating myself, if I would just draw close to God, how can I draw close to God? It might be that God's just putting that mountain in, in your life to, so you would start praying more or you start reading the word more. And, and at least in my life, that's kind of how God gets my attention is I'm, I'm very hard, hard-headed. I'm not Norwegian, I'm not German, but I'm very stubborn. And it seems like God has to do these things in my life. These God-given mountains that he puts in our life, we, we must ask ourselves, how can I draw closer to God with this? And we got to be careful not to allow our emotions to get the best of us and allow our thinking to get askewed. And I'll talk about that a little more. But another question that I think we should ask is, how can I allow this or this situation for me to be more pleasing to God? How can I get closer to God, and how can I allow this for me to be more pleasing to God? And what's God trying to teach me in this scenario that I'm in? What is God trying to teach me? What is he trying to show me in my life when this mountain I'm facing? And sometimes the mountain doesn't go away right away. It takes weeks and months. Yeah, I remember Brother Walters used to tell a story of Brother Pete wouldn't know. I don't know how long it was he said he prayed and he just couldn't feel God's spirit. Was it a year? It was, it was a year that he, he prayed and he was faithful in praying, but when he would pray, he just would not feel the Holy Ghost. But he kept being faithful to God and going and praying. So that's a good question. Like, why do I pray? Why do I wake up? Why, why do we wake up in the morning when we're tired, when we, when we can sleep in? Why do we pray? What, what's our motives in prayer? Is, is it so I can get into the presence of God and, and, and feel, that, that's a good reason to pray, but is it just for my benefit so I can go and I can feel the Holy Ghost and, okay, I feel good about myself, now I know that I'm right? Or is it to draw closer to God? I couldn't imagine not being able to feel the power of God for a whole year. I, uh, Brother Walters was a pillar. And obviously God knew that he can handle that situation. I don't know if I can handle that for five days not feeling God's presence. But if I couldn't, my question is, would I keep praying? Am I that desperate for a relationship and a connection with God that I would keep praying even though I don't see prayers answered and even though I don't feel the power of God? Like, why am I in this? Why am I, why, why am I in this? Why am I going to church? Is it just to please myself so it makes me feel better at night? Or am I in this because I want to change and I want to help other people change, right? So what can God teach me during these situations in life that I'm going through, through these mountains and these wildernesses? What is God trying to teach me? Um, 
And we got to be really, really careful during these times because this is when the enemy will come in also and start to whisper things in your ear. When we're vulnerable like that, trust and believe God's going to, or the enemy will come. It'll come in like a flood. And I remember Bishop Chuppy talking about how he was sick years ago and, 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 and he, the enemy was just coming at him and coming at him. And he, I remember him saying he was up in the middle of the night just praying and it would not leave. And he said, I kept praying until it left. And it finally left. And it, it took hours for him, for that to leave. Are we willing to do that? Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to pray that long? Or am I just going to give up after five or ten minutes when I don't feel the Holy Ghost or, or get my answer? That's a good question. And I'm talking to myself. I mean, why am I in this? What am, is it just to benefit me? Is it because I, what can the church do for me? Or is it can I, what can I do for the church? How can I be a good witness? I talked about that on Sunday. How can I let my light shine? How can I, am I trying to get Bible studies and, and things like that? But we don't just happen to go through trials and tribulations. I don't believe, and I don't believe we go through hard times just because there's no purpose. I firmly believe that there are reasons that we go through these things. And not all things that we go through are God-given issues. Like there's times that we create mountains in our own life, right? There's times that um, we let our flesh get the best of us. There's times where we just, we just make a mistake. And then we put ourselves in this situation. And I think of King David when he, was, when he went out and he was on top of, the, of his palace and he seen Bathsheba and he was supposed to be out at war with all the other kings and all the other soldiers, but he stayed home. And because of that, it caused him a lot of heartache, didn't it? Because he wasn't where he was supposed to be, it caused him a lot of heartache. And he ended up sinning and going through these things and he caused something to happen in his life but David was a man that was very persistent and that was willing to repent he was willing to come to a place of brokenness he was willing to allow God to break him and we can talk about that for a while can't we is God trying to break you and maybe you're not just allowing him to break you or maybe you're broken already and maybe you won't allow him to put you back together because you're afraid of what's going to happen. Because you have that spiritual PTSD like, oh, what if it happens again? What if it happens again? But some of the things that we have, they're not always God-given issues. And, and um, I think a King David went with that. But in the end, you read the Psalms 51 and what came out of that whole situation. And there were spiritual... Uh, ramifications because of his sin and because of the, the decisions he made. There were definitely things that he had. He lost a kid and he ended up killing one of his best soldiers. And there were, But God had mercy on him, right? And out of that, you know, it, it, Psalms 51 comes. And not only that, but he, we read that and it helps us to see we can even be in a place of brokenness because of our decisions, but God will always be there. There's no place we can go that's too low where God can't get us. Amen? That we can't say, Jesus, I need you. That brokenness. Uh, one of the most important things to remember is to keep, <laughs> here's the thing, is when we go through these things, these mountains, what I've learned in my life and what I've observed is 
it's very, very important to keep a teachable spirit while we're going through the storm, while we're going through hardships in life. We must stay pliable, moldable. We must stay moldable. Do not allow the things of life to make you hard and cold towards God. Okay? Um, We have to stay pliable. We have to stay moldable. When I used to do body work um, years ago, years, years ago, you know, what, 20 years? It's been 20 years. 20 years ago, 20, 22 years ago, um, we used to use Bondo a lot. We'd have vehicles come in. And, and, and they would not just replace parts. They would, you would have to fix it, and you'd have to use a body hammer, and you'd have to pull out the dent, and then you would go and you get it as best as you can, and you go and you put Bondo on it. But Bondo was a, was a product that was pliable, and, and you, would, you would squeeze it out of this big tube, and you add a little bit of hardener into it, and you'd mix it up, and you had a certain amount of time, depending on how much hardener you used, to get that Bondo onto the paint or onto the piece of metal of the vehicle. So if you were fixing a dent in a door, you would have just a certain amount of time to get that. You'd work the bondo and then you would smear it. That's like peanut butter. You kind of smear it over the door and then you would allow it to dry. And as it would dry, it would harden up. And I thought about that as I was studying this. And I said, you know, we're kind of like bondo, aren't we? When we go through things in life is that we, it's so imperative and so important that during those times, we stay pliable. We stay moldable and shapeable because that's when God can move us and shape us in what he wants us to, to do. And then what happens is then he strengthens us as time goes on. And as time goes on, God will strengthen us if we allow him to mold us, and if we stay pliable, and one of the best ways to do that is to keep a teachable spirit, is to have that teachable spirit, which is sometimes really hard when you're going through something. Something Sometimes that's really, really hard. John 12, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And there's some things in our own personal lives, that God wants us to let die. There's just some things that we just need to let go and we need to move forward in life. Okay? Don't let it stop you from doing something great for God. The mistake or whoever hurts you in life or whatever it might be, and I, I know it's, I'm up here and it's easy for to say, but if you want to, grow in the kingdom of God, if you want to excel, it is very important that you stay teachable and stay pliable. And there's just times where we have to just let it go and, and let, stop letting it rob sleep from us. Stop letting it rob your peace and your joy, okay? Stop meditating and thinking and dwelling on those things. Don't let it consume you anymore. The other day on Sunday, we were, I was teaching at the farm and we were talking about the mind and, and how, we, how we think and, and these guys were telling me when they're sitting there and said, you know, I'm never going to do drugs again. I'm never going to do because what I've experienced here, I got baptized, I got the Holy Ghost and, and, and these guys are sober in the right mind and they're telling me I'm never going to do drugs again because drugs, they just led me down a road that it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I would lose everything. And it's like now that I'm sober and I know what gives me peace and I know that reading the word, that's, that's the answer. That's what it's going to help me do. 
And we talked about the mind and the thoughts and, and how sometimes these guys still get angry. They still get upset. And they don't even try to do it. And I, and I said, you know, one thing we have to remember is that you're not always going to have good thoughts. Right? You're not always going to have these good thoughts. There are going to be times where they come in your mind, um, but you just don't entertain them. And you've got to come against them. In Philippians 4.8, says, finally, brethren, one of my favorite scriptures, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Do not lose sleep. And it's not something easy. It's, not, it's something that takes time to come against that thought or that anger, or whatever it is, every time it comes, and not to entertain that, it, it, it's a battle. And you, but you, if you keep doing it, and you stick to it, it works. I remember that, um, you know, I, I, I had these thoughts, and I was like, where are these coming from? And it, kept, it was like, it was just beating me up. And then finally, I would just come against them, and come against them. And, and after a week of just doing it consistently, which took work, they finally lessened up, and lessened up. And lessened up. Where I was like, oh, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. But it takes that discipline of mind to do that. It takes that discipline of mind to do that. Um, but just sometimes in life, there's things you just got to let it go. Just let it go and move forward. Move forward. I love what Philippians chapter 3 says. Brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Which are before. Because it does me no good at all to sit there and dwell on the past. The what ifs of life, and I should have of life, does nothing. Because we're living right now. We're living right now. So quit saying what if or I wish that person wouldn't have or, you know, but just with, through the power of the Holy Ghost, say, God, I'm done with this. I'm going to step and I'm going to keep going forward. I'm, I'm leaving it in the past tonight. I'm not going to let it rob my sleep anymore. I'm going to get closer to you. Whatever that takes, whatever that looks like in my life. If I have to put someone accountable in my life where I, I got to call somebody every day to make sure I'm not thinking that. And if I got to pray every single day for an hour and a half, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fast twice a week. Whatever I have to do to excel in the kingdom of God. To get closer to the kingdom of God. So it's not always about me and I'm not always struggling with these things. But let go and let God. And I know it's a lot easier said than being done. But through the power of the Holy Ghost, it is possible. There's people in here right now who are doubting me. But I'm telling you, it is possible. And this now goes back to the scripture we opened with. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea. Now this is when we can apply this scripture is when we're losing faith and we're losing, we're just getting weary and things are consuming and getting the best of us. No, you know what, I'm going to say unto this mountain, I rebuke these thoughts in Jesus' name. You know, I, I, I lose some peace and joy in my life. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to see that happen in my life. Because the thing is, is after that, then it goes beyond me and I can start helping people 
in life. I can start telling them my testimony, and I can start sharing what God did for me, right? And then you're not focused on self all the time. You can start focusing on the things of God, being kingdom-minded, being about our Father's business. But with the mountain you're going through right now and you're climbing, it could just be a God-given mountain there to just help you to grow spiritually, there might just be one little thing you in you, maybe a lot of things in you that God's trying to pull out. Just allow him to do that. Stay pliable. Stay teachable during that. Don't give up. Keep pressing towards the mark. Endure. Be a good soldier for God. And remember, it's a spiritual warfare. Don't fight it with the flesh, but fight it with the things of God. Get, uh, link up with a brother or sister in the Lord. Link up with them and say, hey, pray for me and I'll pray for you. I need your prayers. Hey, let's fast this week, one day this week, and I'm going through this. You know, don't do it by yourself. That's the, that's the, um, the benefit of the body of Christ is that we come together and we can help each other. We heard about that unity on Sunday. We come together and help each other. We don't want to isolate each other. We don't want to separate ourselves from each other. But we want to help each other and lift our brothers up and rejoice with them when they're rejoicing and, and go through the things that they're going through. Um, but I believe it's very important that we, that we remember these things in life. 7.42 and I'm done. I think that's a record. I think that's a record. Marcelo, Marcelo looks pretty happy. <laughs> Let's stand. Let's stand. God is good. God is good. And uh, please be in prayer for the Stand Conference. It is coming up in a couple weeks. This is like a mountain in my life is this microphone. I think God tries to teach me patience with this thing. Uh, be in prayer for Stan. Be in prayer for our prison ministry. Uh, last week we baptized eight guys out at the pen. We had an awesome, awesome move of God. So God's moving in there. Um, I'm excited for what God's going to do. So keep that in your prayers. Uh, keep everything else that's coming up in your prayers. Let's pray before we dismiss. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for everything that you've done. Lord, you are so good. You are so faithful. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We magnify your precious name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy the rest of your night. Amen.